baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Hope all is well in your world. We, of course, will continue our conversation about the fallout from Tuesday night's election. But something that is actually on the way is also gathering our attention again. And that is Nicole. Here's one of the headlines in reference to Nicole and the potential of problems it could bring to the area. Strong winds, heavy rain heading our way. The remnants of Nicole expected to track through the Carolinas. In fact, there's a flood watch in effect for parts of western North Carolina and the mountains through Friday night. A wind advisory in effect for the mountains upstate as well. So what can we expect exactly? So we turn to our resident meteorologist, Richard Llewelling, from the Weather Channel, who's always faithful to join us during times like this. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Good morning, Vince. How are you today? Hey, doing very well, very well. Here in the Charlotte area and, of course, uh, our listeners in the Greenville, Spartanburg, upstate area, very curious about what might be ahead with this storm. First off, tell us where it is now. Uh, what's the status of the storm? What's it doing? Well, uh, we have the coldest, which has been downgraded to a tropical storm, has winds of 60 miles per hour, and it's going to continue to track across uh, the Florida Peninsula through the afternoon. It may get back out into the Gulf waters for a brief period of time, maybe a couple of hours before it makes its uh, second landfall in uh, around Apalachicola, Florida, and then we'll track across the big bend of Florida up through Georgia and then work up into the Carolinas. We've kind of timed everything out. We've been uh, watching the, the storm here pretty uh, good here over the last few days. One of the things about the storm, is it's got a huge wind field. The wind field extends out 460 miles from the south. Wow. So it is a, a huge storm. And we've already seen uh, some gusty winds uh, for the low country of South Carolina, starting to see some of those uh, shower bands starting to work into the South Carolina coast. And over the next several hours uh, here in Charlotte, probably after 3 o'clock today, uh, the winds are going to become increasingly breezy. The rains are going to start to work in uh, later this afternoon into the evening commute. The rains are going to continue overnight. They're going to linger through Friday, probably as late as Friday night up till about 9 p.m. here in Charlotte. We're still going to be looking at the risk of some rain showers. So a long-duration rain event taking shape. Rain should stay light here in Charlotte for the afternoon and evening this evening. And then the heavier rains will come in as we get to Nicole's closest approach in here early tomorrow morning, probably about 5 o'clock tomorrow morning is what will be the closest approach to Charlotte. There is a decent tornado threat for tomorrow as well uh, for much of the North Carolina Piedmont. You know, normal tropical systems like this usually have some type of a tornado component associated with it. And we will probably see one or two tornadoes develop across the region tomorrow. So we're going to be keeping our eyes on that potential. Flooding doesn't look to be much of a concern for Charlotte. 
Uh, we've got a, the drought monitor just came out an hour ago, and we have abnormally dry conditions for most of the Charlotte metro, a moderate drought for the PD right now. So, you know, it looks like rainfall amounts here for Charlotte probably going to be about an inch. But as you move into the upstate and western North Carolina, the rainfall numbers uh, go up a pretty good bit. One to two inches of rain expected there. One of the reasons they're currently under the flood watch right now. And then the upstate, we're probably going to start to see the rains get underway after 3 o'clock today. Winds will be picking up through the afternoon and evening, continuing overnight. Should stay light through the overnight. And then tomorrow morning, probably about 3 o'clock in the morning, tomorrow morning is when the cold's closest approach to the upstate will happen. And uh, we could easily see in some of those higher ridges, easily winds gusting up over 50 miles per hour uh, later tonight and early tomorrow morning. And rainfall amounts one to two inches, a pretty good bet. Most of the rain should be done in the upstate by sunset, and we should transition into a pretty nice weekend. But uh, there is a big surprise coming in the long-range forecast that uh, has the potential to deliver a little bit of uh, snow, sleet, and freezing rain. Say what? Yes. We transition from one season to another. <laughs> we have a cold front that's going to sweep everything out of the way. Cold air is going to come in, and then we have a new system that takes shape along the Texas Gulf Coast on Monday. And this looks like this may become a nor'easter that will probably make its way up through the Gulf of Mexico, come up through Georgia and the Carolinas, just like this system will do, but uh, with the cold air in place, we're going to be looking at potential for some winter precipitation to develop along the escarpment, foothills, and upstate, and probably for much of western North Carolina uh, as we make our way into Tuesday night and early Wednesday. Overnight low temperatures by then will be in the 30s, so we're going to be looking at the potential for some winter weather concerns once we get Nicole out of the way and bring in the colder weather for the upcoming weekend and early next week. Wow, this is quite a surprise to hear about this. Now, you mentioned the upstate. Now, is this something that would carry into the immediate Charlotte area as well? Uh, what kind of issues could we face here? Well, the the, the temperatures are, are, are a little warm here for Charlotte for the potential for some winter weather concerns with the next system coming up. Um, but I think with the upstate and western North Carolina, they're going to have a couple of nights uh, once we get this cold front through coming through late tomorrow night into Saturday, they're going to have a couple of nights down in the 30s before this next nor'easter comes up through there. So there may be enough cold air to support a little bit better opportunity for some accumulating winter weather in those locations. I think for Charlotte, we're just going to be a little bit too warm. But, you know, we still have four or five days to kind of play with the forecast. And I think we're going to get a better handle on this this weekend as we roll through the weekend, especially in the Monday and Tuesday with the system approaching. So, you know, the... Uh, uh, the, the, the famous lines in meteorology, stay tuned for updates, uh, because it could get pretty interesting as we move into early next week once we get uh, Nicole out of the way to start to bring in some colder air. This will probably be some of the warmest, you know, the temperatures that we've got here right now, mostly in the 50s and 60s. You know, we had a pretty warm day yesterday. You know, we're, we're done with these warm temperatures. Once this cold front comes through this weekend, we get Nicole out of the way. I think we're off to the races in regards to winter weather. So I think the cold air is going to be sticking around. Much of the country is going to go below average for temperatures starting next week, and we should keep that around all the way through Thanksgiving, the way things are looking at this point. 
All right. Uh, wow, we certainly appreciate that warning. Uh, we only have about 30 seconds left in this segment uh, to make sure we're kind of wrapping th- things up with Nicole. So we're talking about heavy rain, possibility of strong winds. All of that's over with by tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, it looks like we'll transition out of this probably by tomorrow evening, probably about 5 o'clock in the upstate, probably 9 p.m. for Charlotte. And it's a done deal. We have a nice weekend, colder temperatures coming in, and then the rain with the next system coming in early next week could bring a winter weather surprise to the western Carolinas and upstate, uh, especially uh, during the day, uh, Tuesday night into early Wednesday. Well, terrific. Well, thanks very much. I think (laughs) this is going to be very interesting to watch, to say the least. Uh, Quite a transition in weather for sure. Richard Llewellyn, thanks a lot for coming on the broadcast this morning, sir. Thank you, Vince. And there you have it. You know, how's this for a surprise? Is this what you were expecting? The possibility of winter weather coming in in November? I don't remember the last time that's happened. It seems like it's been quite a while. If ever, in the 30 years that I've been here, yes, I just realized yesterday marked 30 years that I've been here in the Carolinas. Pretty amazing. And I've loved it here, which is why I'm still here. We'll jump right into the election news, post-election news. And boy, is it getting interesting. (laughs) Stay with us. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. on the Vince Coakley radio program. A couple of comical texts in response to our conversation with Richard Llewellyn talking about the tropical storm, the remnants of it headed our way. And then after that, the possibility of winter weather over the weekend. Can you believe this? This gets crazy. The early part of next week. This texture in the upstate only in South Carolina and North Carolina. Can we have all four seasons in a few weeks' time? Well, in a week's time, yes. And this person saying, at least I'll be able to make a snowman out of the leaf piles I just rigged. (laughs) Not sure you'll be able to get that much snow, but you just never can tell. You'll want to stay tuned for the latest weather information right here. We'll keep you posted. If you'd like to join the conversation, and we'll have plenty to talk about today, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And yes, we do have a whole lot of fallout. I'm just going to give you a heads up today. If you are any kind of snowflake, any kind, 
you don't want to listen to today's broadcast because it's getting kind of ugly. And I'm just going to predict to you it may get uglier in the coming days. Because now that the contest between the Democrats and the Republicans is almost over, we've still got some counting going on, which is still beyond me. You know, one of the things I was reflecting on yesterday, I was just thinking, how did our voting process unfold before? I mean, thinking back to the old days, at the very beginning, how long did it take them? And I know there were fewer people. But this thing... I don't remember this stretching on days and days and days at the, at the very beginning, certainly the early part of my life. And I would think with the advanced technology that we have today, something that's going on is just not right. I'll repeat what I said yesterday. If you want to look at a state that definitely have, has this down, it's Florida. They were the laughing stock for years over the dimpled chads, the... You know, the many variations of chads, they got their act together. Everything resolved in one night, in a matter of hours. So the fact that some of these other states are still counting, it just raises the question of competence and of initiative. Do they really care? Are they determined to get this right election night? Is there e- are they even trying? That's what I'm curious about. It's just kind of weird. Over on the text line, Vince, after your show yesterday, I listened to local upstate South Carolina talk radio. What I found stimulated about conservative callers who called in Instead of reflecting upon what went wrong in the midterms, 90% thought more Republicans won, but did not do the cheating. Vince, this is a huge problem for Republicans. It's time to stop this stolen election mentality and get our Republican act together. Uh, yeah. You're not going to hear that garbage here. I, I just don't have time for it. I don't. And again, if you have an example... Of I, I've given to you an example of a state that's gotten it right. And if there are problems in certain areas and in certain states, it's the responsibility of people in those states to fix those issues, period. Now, I, I don't know what extent we could do it. We could lean on our fellow citizens in parts of the country, Pennsylvania, out west in some of those states to get their act together. But. I I just don't know. I just don't know, folks. This texture saying they've learned how to steal and stay in office. Even third world countries finish the counting in a day. <laughs> One day. It's election day, not election month. Hey, I'm with you on this. It's getting crazy. Keep counting until desired outcome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, this gets kind of crazy. This texter saying the fix is taking place right in front of our eyes in Arizona, Nevada, Oregon. These cheating Democrats just can't stand losing. Just like the 2020 presidential election. Stop counting if the Republican starts pulling ahead. So we have time to find more ballots. Cheating Dems and dumb Republicans allow it. Disgraceful. Oh, my gosh. Why are we still mailing in votes? Easy to cheat. 
this texter said. You know, what's really interesting about this, again, uh, some of these things are in place in other states, and they've done fine. They've gotten all of this accomplished, wrapped up in the time that is allotted. But we move on. As you know, the fate of the Senate depends partially on what happens down in Georgia. Warnock versus Walker. That contest slated for December 6th. Let me just say something very, very important. Would you please hear me on this? And you know I've had some very very critical comments about Mr. Walker. Now, I still hope he wins. But I'm telling you this. It is very, very important for the focus of attention and energy to be on that particular race. Okay, I want to make myself very, very clear. Are you ready for this? Anybody who provides an unnecessary and unhealthy distraction from that race in Georgia needs to be ignored. From a political standpoint, in terms of preserving the, integri- the integrity of our republic, that's the most important race right now. Officially, the midterms are not over. And anybody who is trying to grab attention or the spotlight for any other thing right now on the political stage needs to be shunned. You'll hear somebody communicate this very idea a little bit later on. We already mentioned the Arizona race still out there. According to Drudge, tilting Democrat. I cannot remember which race it was, but there was one race where they there was a concern. Oh, I think it might have been right here in North Carolina. The way the night started off, where Ted Budd's opponent was ahead. It was largely because of early voting. And some people were like, oh my goodness, she might win. Sherry Beasley. As it turned out, the very opposite of what we've seen in some of these other races happened. As the day of votes came in and were counted, well, guess what happened? It was Ted Budd who won. So don't be afraid of information coming in and legitimate votes coming in. That's natural. Now, are people trying to exploit that? I do not know. I really don't. And in some cases, we may never know. By the way, the ratings are down for the midterms, down 30%. I think people are tired of the BS. Stay with us. Back on the broadcast in the wake of the 20, 
2022 midterms. Texter says Dems and Republicans are the establishment. America lost, but they won. GOP won regardless of seat numbers. They've calculated how to keep agents of change out and establishment in. GOP may very well have come up with the idea. Hmm. There was no steal in 2020. There was no steal Tuesday. None whatsoever. Fraudulent? A thousand percent. Stolen? Absolutely not. The establishment did it. Uh Uh-huh. The establishment. Quite intriguing here. Did you hear the Kaylee McEnany is telling President Trump to stay away from Georgia in the midst of Herschel Walker's election bid? She was his top loyalist, for God's sake. That should tell you something. She's suggesting Ron DeSantis go up there and campaign for him. We have this. Trump is doing what he does best. He mucks up everything with his big mouth and ego. Ron DeSantis for president. Wow, this is getting interesting. Just saying, Mike Pence, is he good or not? What if DeSantis was with Trump? Would his career look the same as Pence's now? Pence, this is why I'm an independent, not a Republican, because Republican voted down political lines because anybody who picked Herschel as a senator, not as a person, but as a senator, proves to me I don't want to be a Republican either. Hmm. We also have this. Just last hour, I heard Tom Tillis describe himself as a conservative. What an absolute clown. He's at best a John McCain wannabe. More like a Neville Chamberlain. Always lives up to low expectations. Wow, you folks are brutal. (laughs) Quite brutal. Vince Love, the show question. When only about 38% of eligible voters voters actually show up to vote, the vote is fairly evenly split with a winning candidate getting 20 to 21% of the eligible vote, how does this in any way reflect the will of the people? It reflects the will of those most engaged. The rest of us are the exhausted majority and feel our participation is pointless. Really? Does that mean you didn't participate? I'm just curious. It's not a good thing. Chris Z and Earl, I'm pleased to report Cleveland County voted red. Well, that's good. The vote of anyone who dies before Election Day should not count. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. Let's jump right in. We're very glad to report great, great coverage, as usual, by the UK Daily Mail. Reporting Ron Johnson wins Wisconsin, keeps Republican hopes of winning the Senate alive, with Arizona and Nevada still too close to call. Georgia heading to a runoff. And after Fetterman's win in Pennsylvania. So Ron Johnson is secure, winning his seat over Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. The Associated Press called that race just before the end of yesterday's broadcast. Johnson had earlier lashed out at the media for not calling his race, claiming Barnes had no path mathematically to victory. So this keeps alive the party's hope of taking over the Senate. 
Republicans will need to win two of the three races to flip control of the upper chamber from Democrats since that seat in Pennsylvania went down. So those other two states are going to be closely watched to see the outcome. Very closely watched. And we will monitor that here just in case something happens. I want to offer a disclaimer to you before I go into this segment, because I know there are some who will certainly manifest. For those of you who may not know what manifest means, <laughs> I, I get this from kind of my some of my religious background in certain churches. Somebody is said to manifest when they are showing, displaying something. Let's say, uh, like the manifestation for some, I'm not saying everybody, some, the manifestation for some that you are spirit-filled is to speak in tongues. Or a manifestation. Or you can have manifestations on the other end of the demonic type. This would be like, I don't know, uh, what is that movie that um, about demon possession? Or you can go back to um, something like, uh, what was the, the omen? Yeah, that was a manifestation, the car scene, where the kid gets close to the church and starts screaming and yelling and kicking and spitting. Those are manifestations. I'm just saying that in case people are wondering, what do I mean by that? Because there are things that are going to be very uncomfortable for some people to hear. But I was just reflecting on this this morning, and I tell you all the time, I draw from a multitude of media sources. I'm not in anybody's camp. I'm not a Fox News devotee. I'm not dedicated to any one network. I take in information from a variety of sources. I don't think anybody is 100% on the money. Then I don't think anybody is 100% wrong. And certainly when compared with certain politicians, even politicians who don't think they are politicians, some who are deceitful and liars, um, their counsel, their information, their comments have to be weighed in the balance as well. I should be certainly just as skeptical of them as I am of the mainstream news media. Just putting that out there, because I think that's important. Mediaite reporting on Donald Trump's reaction on election night. Trump super ticked off, screaming at everyone over humiliating midterms. Said to be livid, screaming at everyone. This was a Trump advisor talking to CNN's Jim Acosta. And I know a lot of you are, I'm not a fan of Jim Acosta either. A person Trump certainly hates with the fire of a thousand suns. Reporting that Trump's ire had been building in public and in private as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis becomes a greater and greater threat to his bid for a second term in 2024. Wednesday morning, Acosta gave readers an early taste of Trump's state of mind following election night 
that figures to be a crashing disappointment for Republicans, which is already being blamed on Trump. Acosta wrote on Twitter, Trump is livid, screaming at everyone. After last night's disappointing midterm results for the GOP, the, the advisor went on to slam the former president's hand-picked contenders. They were all bad candidates. Candidates matter, is what the advisor said. We're going to talk more about this, more in the reaction and the battle that's coming as we continue. So I'm telling you about one story about how the news of the disappointing election returns have hit Donald Trump. The man is clearly not happy. And it's understandable. This advisor, whoever this advisor is, is running the money. You know what's really sad here? And folks, don't get this twisted. But I hate to agree with something communicated by Mitch McConnell some weeks ago. You remember? There was this spat going on between Mitch McConnell and Rick Scott. Mitch McConnell was raising questions about the quality of the candidates. Mitch McConnell asked a legitimate question. He made a legitimate assessment. It was not the right time to do that. Once the primaries were over, that was not the time to say that. But I think we can agree. Many of us can agree. There are some pretty crappy candidates here. Let's just be blunt about it. And I've said this to you before, folks. Just because someone is tied to someone that you like, it's not all that's going to be necessary for that person to win. This is why you cannot Seed this area over to one person, ever, ever. And this is where I think this entire process got twisted. The blow was so crushing, the idea of delaying his promised 2024 announcement appears to have been floated in Trump world. This advisor said it's unlikely Trump would delay his expected presidential announcement because it's too humiliating to delay. But the advisor said there are too many unknowns at this point. Acosta and Trump, as you know, sparred frequently during the 2016 campaign and Trump's term in office. And Acosta dealt Trump a painful defeat when a judge ruled Trump could not ban him from the White House briefing room. But Acosta also became a conduit for disaffected Trump White House staffers who would run to leak negative stories and quotes to Acosta during the latter part of the last administration. So if Trump is this angry already, it's not likely his mood's going to improve when he learns his current advisors are talking to Acosta and pulling back the curtain on an enraged and embarrassed would-be kingmaker, as they've also been doing with Acosta's colleague Maggie Haberman which we may mention later on. Semaphore, another publication. Donald Trump's candidate slumped, and he's looking for someone to blame. Rough night for Republicans. 
especially for prominent candidates who scored Donald Trump's early endorsement or mimicked his style of politics. By the way, it's worth mentioning here. As you know, right here in North Carolina, he endorsed Ted Budd. Now, the difference here is Ted Budd was a sitting member of Congress. Ted Budd was already a solid person before becoming connected with Donald Trump. And the truth of the matter is, he might very well have prevailed without Donald Trump. By the way, his liberty score is 84%. You have a reliably conservative incoming senator. I was going to say this yesterday. This is a praise item. You, we are getting an upgrade here in North Carolina for a senator. A genuine conservative. I just thought I should tell you that. It's very important for you to know. It's one of the reasons why I have no hesitation in being supportive. Not endorsing, but being supportive. Semaphore reporting Trump spent the early morning hours Wednesday defending his record on Truth Social. Awoke the day after his viewing party at, party at Mar-a-Lago in a particularly angry mood. In part over Republican Senate nominee Mehmet Oz, who lost to Democrat John Fetterman. Trump's anger to two people close to Trump, told Semaphore, was widespread, ranging from frustration at donors to being upset with Fox News host Sean Hannity. Former president even blamed his wife, Melania, over her push to bolster Oz, according to New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman. He's frustrated. The Oz thing has really irked him. And here's another example, folks. I don't know Dr. Oz. I really don't. Might he have made a good congressman, a good senator? Perhaps. But again, here's somebody with no experience. All he has is celebrity. Running against an experienced politician. I'm not saying this always works. But I know there were missteps. What is that stupid thing, that word we were talking about yesterday? That they served on election night at Fetterman headquarters. The reason we even know about that, this was, this was not a good campaign. Still, even as conservatives openly rebuked Trump over the midterms, Republicans struggle to grasp what exactly happened. He's likely to remain unmoved from his current plan to regain control of the party and the presidency. This is exactly what's going to happen. We're heading for a showdown, folks. We are. And it's one of the few reasons that I'm even talking about this. Because it's the elephant in the room. It's got to be addressed. We'll finish talking about this story and some of the other news as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Stay with us. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 